0: Well, it is going to be a fabulous day. You know why? Because this is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Regardless of how I feel, our feelings are so fickle, aren't they? And man, mine go all over the place sometimes, as I'm sure yours does too. A lot of that is because of our self-image. A lot of that is because of what we let into our minds. You know, that's why the Bible says to guard our heart with all diligence, because out of it flow the issues of life. And uh, we let so much well lack of a better word crap into our eyes and ears it affects how we feel it affects how we see ourselves especially in this day and age where we can be bombarded with all sorts of images and news stories and so we're going to get into this idea of self confidence we talked about confidence in god which is paramount for sure first and foremost first and foremost a healthy self confidence in our own ability Uh, to do the things that God has put before us, whether that is your job or your family. Um, We need a healthy self-image for sure. And so uh, I love doing this podcast because it keeps me on my toes. It keeps me reading. It keeps me studying. And I I know it helps some of you. I get some good feedback, and I appreciate that. But I've got to be confident that God has called me to do this. He's given me the tools. He's given me the equipment, the experience to do this. And so I will do it until such time I feel like the Lord has, you know, told me not to do it, whatever that may look like. But uh, for now, I want to share with you, uh, you know, some of our journey where I'm at mentally in my own confidence level. Um, I got up this morning. Well, first off, let's let's go and define this word confidence. And let's remember that first and foremost, our confident is, confidence is in God. So we're not talking about a cocky confidence, okay? We're not talking about a prideful confidence when I talk about self-confidence. It's based in a confidence in God. That word confidence, I go to Webster's 1828 Dictionary, which is uh, my go-to. I want to see how they define the word uh, in the early days. Uh, and he defines it as a trusting or reliance and assurance of mind, or firm belief in the integrity, stability, or veracity of another, or in the truth and reality of a fact. I love that he says that because that's where our confidence begins—in another, in God. Confident that He's forgiven us of our sins. Confidence that He has a confident that He has a plan and a purpose for our still being here. So confidence in another, in God first. And then he gives a second def- definition, trust, reliance, applied to one's own abilities or fortune. Belief in one's own competency. Now Oxford, this is a more modern uh, definition, says the feeling that you can trust, believe in, and be sure about the abilities or good qualities of somebody or something. That's a little more general Um it can it can embody both confidence in God and in ourselves, and we need both to be successful in life. It's amazing how fortune seems to favor the confident. Uh, Isaiah forty. This is what I woke up this morning, and let me tell you, I was not feeling super confident. I've had a couple of funky days. You know, we all have funky days, and I got up this morning and in a grog a little bit. You know, and. The dogs are crawling all over me, and I'm trying to read my Bible. I'm tempted to pick up my phone and allow, you know, news stories or social media mess into my mind, but I'm like, nope, That I've got to regulate. Listen, a lot of confidence is often determined by what we let into our bodies and how we treat our bodies. And so uh, if we're eating you know, again, lack of a better word, eating like crap, we're not exercising, we're not sleeping right, we're not taking care of the temple, so to speak, Uh, and we're also not taking care of our minds, well, then it's no wonder our feelings fluctuate. And so I got up this morning, my feelings were definitely in the dumps, and I was like, okay, and I just opened up uh, my Bible and i turned to isaiah 40 I, I don't know if i just flipped there but i had it highlighted it's a very familiar passage for anybody that's been in church any length of time or been in your bible and uh, isaiah 40 verse 28 do you not know have you not heard the lord is the everlasting god the creator of the heavens and the ends of the earth he will not grow tired or weary his understanding is beyond searching out He gives power to the faint and increases the strength of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. You know, I, the word wait, by the way, there, it's the same word for hope or to live with expectation. So you could read it, uh, those that hope in the Lord, those that live with expectation in the Lord will renew their strength. And another word for that, some versions say vigor. And man, I need vigor. You know, I'm 58 years old and I'm, I'm sometimes I, I was actually about 47 or 48 when we Launched life on the verge, and prior to that, I'd hit my maximum weight. I was like at 212 pounds, and I was in the dump. I'm only five seven, man, so I was Humpty Dumpty, and uh, and I had no vigor, man, and I just felt like trash. Now, I'm gonna talk about some confidence builders. I'm gonna give you four confidence builders in a minute, but let me start by saying a day came. It was the summer of 2010. I was maxing out at 212 pounds. Feeling just terrible about myself, about my self-image. My confidence was at an all-time low. I felt stuck in a vocational rut. I didn't know how in the world we could ever accomplish the things that we wanted to accomplish. And uh, I I put together a series called The Summer of a Lifetime. And I don't know, something clicked in my mind. It said, I've got to do something. As a matter of fact, let's go ahead and get into this first confidence builder, and that is self-confidence grows by doing. And, and, and so I, I realized that I, I had the, the knowledge of what needed to be done. I felt done. You know what I mean? At, in my late 40s, I felt like my vigor was gone. My youthful vigor was gone. Uh, there's no way. I, I just, man, in the dumps, all-time low probably in my life. And, uh, and so I decided, you know what, I'm afraid to start a running routine because I feel like I'm a drop dead of a heart attack, you know, as heavy as I am. And I decided, well, I, I can do something. So I began six days a week. I would go out and I would walk uh, 10 minutes and then I would slow jog. I mean really slow 10 minutes and then I would walk 10 minutes. And I did that for six days. The next week, I, I walked 10 minutes and I slow jogged 12 and a half minutes and then I walk the remainder up to make it 30 minutes. The next week, again, six days a week, I, I do believe that uh, intensity and consistency, consistency are, go hand in hand. I had to stay consistent. That was my intensity. And so I, I went to walking 10 minutes and slow jogging 15 minutes and then walking that last five minutes. And I built that up two and a half minutes at a time until I could slow jog 30 minutes. And of course I was watching what I was putting into my body as well. You know, we, we sometimes we only eat for hunger and satisfaction and we don't eat for health intentionally. You know, I try to eat a lot of green vegetables, whether I like of course I like cake and cookies and candy better than green vegetables. But I, I realize my belly's only so big, so if I will intentionally eat the healthy stuff. I won't have as much room for the junk, and I'll be fueling my body. And little by little, my confidence grew as I through these, through this doing, through this practice, and uh, and I dropped the weight off. And lo and behold, uh, I, I a new level of confidence, a new level of vigor. And so there was in me a hope that if I would do what I could do that God would help me get where I needed to be. So there was a confidence in God. I knew I had little confidence in myself. But if I would only do what I could do, confidence, self-confidence grows by doing. So when you, one commentary I read about waiting on the Lord, those that wait upon the Lord, those that hope in the Lord, those that live with expectation, um, the commentary was like, this waiting is not passive. Yeah, there's a time to be still and know that I am God, that kind of thing. But that's usually after we've done the plowing and the planting. The, the, the commentary talks about how a farmer can't live with hope. He can't wait on the Lord to do something big. He can't live with expectation if the farmer doesn't go out and plow the ground and plant the seed. Now, after they've done the plowing and the planting, now's the time maybe to be still and wait on the Lord. I've done all that I know to do. Now, Lord, I'm going to wait and be still and believe and have confidence that you're going to bring a breakthrough. But he had to first have confidence in his own ability as a farmer. And so confidence grows by doing. And often that doing has to take place even when you feel funky, when you feel down, I listened to a, a podcast last night um, during my jog. Uh, again, I'm trying to get on that train, man. I, I, man, the holidays took a I took a beating, boy. I just, <laughs> I just did what some of you did, you know. I let my hand, I took my hand off the wheel and uh, and got off my workout routine. But I know what I got to do. I can't just sit and wait for God to do it for me. I've got to plow, I've got to plant, and God will give me back my vigor, you know, because that's that's what we need, isn't it? We need vigor. We need energy. We need strength to move forward. And uh, in this podcast with Mike Rowe and Ed Milet, he was interviewing Mike Rowe, the uh, Dirty Jobs guy, and uh, and they were talking about how... Success is often determined by the people that are willing to do what needs to be done even when they feel terrible, even when it's a bad day. They've got a routine. They've got practices that they do it anyway. And that's what we've got to do if we're going to build self-confidence. Even And, of course, that for us as believers, we have this trust. We have this hope in God that if I will do, if I even though I feel terrible, and I have no vigor, and I have no strength, well, we we always have a little strength to do, to do something. It will increase our confidence. We'll feel like, okay, I didn't take a giant step. Maybe it was a baby step, but I did something. I read this book uh, about a year ago or so um, by a guy named Mark Manson, um, and it's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F. Uh, and I'll use blank for that word. Pretty bold title. He's not a believer, but I was just intrigued by the title, and I I always read the previews of books on Kindle, and I was like, well, this this guy's got making some decent points, albeit he's uh, talking about life without God. And I, I, you know, when I look at movies, when I listen to music, uh, when I read books, I'm always viewing it through the screen of Scripture. So I wanted to hear what the guy had to say, and he said this in one section, there's a section I'll read, He and I'm going to fill in the blank. he curses a lot in the book. If you read the book, you, you just prepare your mind for a lot of cursing. Um, but he said, back in Grandpa's day, he would feel like crap, he doesn't say crap, he would feel like crap and think to himself, gee whiz, I sure do feel like a cow turd today, but hey, I guess that's just life, back to shoveling hay. And that really is the way that, you know, back in the day, that's the way you did life. It doesn't matter how you feel. You've got to get out there and do that work or you're going to starve. And uh, he goes on to say, but now, if you feel like crap for even five minutes, you're bombarded with 350 images of people totally happy and having amazing lives, and it's impossible to not feel like there's something wrong with you. It's this last part that gets us in trouble. We feel bad about feeling bad. We feel guilty for feeling guilty. We get angry about being angry. We get anxious about feeling anxious. What's wrong with me? This is why not giving a blank is so key. This is why it's going to save the world, and it's going to save it by accepting that the world is totally blanked, and that's all right, because it's always been that way and always will be. But by not giving a blank that you feel bad, you short-circuit the feedback loop from hell. That's what he calls it, the feedback loop from hell. You say to yourself, I feel like crap today, but who gives a blank? And then, as if sprinkled by magic blank-giving fairy dust, you stop hating yourself, For feeling so bad Now that's pretty profound Even though it's profane um, Because we do get into this feedback loop we start feeling, you know, badly about ourselves and our confidence at a, is at an all time low. And then in comes this wave of maybe social media stuff or whatever, and and the people, everybody seems to have life better than you. And and then you start feeling bad, and then you feel guilty for, especially believers. We start feeling guilty for not having enough faith. Uh, we start feeling shameful. We get angry at ourselves, and it's just a loop that continues. And it keeps us kind of stunned. And sometimes we just got to get up and do it anyway. It's all about a victory mindset. And, And that's confidence builder too. Confidence in God and in yourself is grown by visualizing victory. You know, we've got, to, we've got to rehearse the positive things that God has allowed us to do in life, the things that we have accomplished. And, and, and that's what, you know, that's what football players do, by the way. Uh, I read a book recently on this topic. And, you know, they go out there and they, they you know, this quarterback has a terrible game. I've talked about it before. It, it always just intrigues me how a quarterback can go out there and throw an interception and embarrass himself and then get out there and win the game. Well, they can't rehearse that interception. They've got to ask the question, what's important now? And even on the sideline, they've got to visualize that time that they they threw the big pass and won the game. They've got to realize, I am capable. They've got to visualize victory. You know, I was out jogging one day, and on my playlist, I've got that song, Living on a Prayer uh, by Bon Jovi. You know, I've got some current hits and then some oldies. And as I was running... And feeling pretty good about myself. You know, I guess my endorphins were were flying because of my run. I was near the end of the run. And Living on a Prayer came on, and I was brought back to the first time I heard that song and where Susan and I were in life way back in the early 80s, and we really were living on a prayer. And I began to reflect and think, I, I, here's what I, I said to myself, God, we did it. God, we did it. We raised a family we, we had a, we've had a successful marriage. We fought some hard battles, but we did it. And, and I don't mean me and Susan. I mean Susan and I and God. We did it cooperating with God, operating to the, by the principles of God, knowing full well that I couldn't do it on my own, but we did it together. And I nearly cried while I was running, rehearsing the victory. Sometimes we have to do that. You know, we all, we all have failures. We all have setbacks, maybe a string of failures, but we've got to realize that that failure is part of the process of growth. It's part of the victory. Famous quote by Michael Jordan. I'm sure you've heard it. He said, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. Failure is inevitable in life if you're going to step out and do anything. There is no quarterback that's not going to throw interceptions, but they can't visualize their failures, rehearse their failures. They've got to rehearse the victories. You know, I was playing a song at a church maybe two years ago, and it was a fairly new song, and I hadn't rehearsed it enough. Uh, and that's where we're going to go with Confidence Builder 3, by the way, is confidence has grown through preparation. And I had not prepared. And, uh, you know, I, I got up there and, you know, I mean, first of all, public speaking is a challenge anyway, but I have a level of confidence there. I've done it probably thousands of time, times. And so I, I, I still have to prepare, but I, I have a confidence there. You know that 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 I have a little bit of a gift to be able to navigate public speaking, um, but when it comes to playing music, especially in church, for some reason, because our music, like if I was just leading worship, well, I just deflect it all to God. But part of what we do at Life on the Verge is entertainment, and so you know, going okay, I'm going to play this song. In prison, it's different. There's just an expectation. I have a level of confidence, but in in front of a crowd that can walk away, and sometimes we're doing music that is not traditionally played on a Sunday morning. You know, some blues rock song or something. And so I got up in front of them anyway. I crashed and burned in the first service. There were three services in that in that uh, uh, church that morning. I had to do. We had to do three services in a row. We played the same songs, two or three songs, and then you know did some speaking and I crashed and burned the lead solo, man. I lost my place. And I mean, it's it's humiliating, man, when you get up in front of people and, and you're just lost. And somehow I found my way back by the end of the song, hit some bad notes. I was embarrassed. I mean, I just felt this weight of shame come on me. In the next service... I had to. I went over it a couple of times in between services, and I was like, I got to get this right now. (laughs) I was so focused on getting it right. The second service was better, but I still stumbled. But I was like, okay, I just don't care. We're gonna, you know what? I'm not gonna focus. I'm I'm just gonna go out there and do it. This third service, and I'm gonna let go of those failures. I'm gonna laugh at myself, and in the third service, praise God, I nailed it. But here was where the, the downfall was. Confidence Builder three confidence is grown through preparation. I had not prepared the way that I should have. Again, this is about doing something by faith, rehearsing by faith. You know, when I did my rehearsal of that song, I wasn't anticipating. Playing it in front of a crowd And then when I did have the invitation to do it I didn't prepare enough ahead of time You know when you watch A football game for example It's football season I watched the uh, Alabama Georgia game last night And uh, Georgia pulled it off For the first time in 41 years And they won the the big championship Um, You know which Alabama Is a heck of a team both of them I I don't watch a lot of college ball But I watch that championship game Because I know this is the best of the best And Here's the deal. It was the fourth quarter that turned everything around. That was like a super uh, a uh, field goal game. It was like nine to nine, nine to six, nine to nine. It was field goal, field goal, field goal. Then somebody finally scored a touchdown. I think Alabama, but in the fourth quarter, Georgia just tore them up. As a matter of fact, if you saw the game and you saw Nick Saban, I think that's his name, of the guy, the renowned coach of Alabama, hug the coach from uh, uh, Georgia at the end of the game. He said something in his ear, and it was reported in the news today. He said, you whipped our butts. He didn't say butts, but you whipped our butts in the fourth quarter. Well, that's all about conditioning. Games are won in the fourth quarter, and and that means that ultimately the team that is the most practiced and the most conditioned, that the victory is won in the weight room. The victory is won on the practice field because – that you can be leading the game in the first quarter, the second quarter, the third quarter, but in the fourth quarter, when you're tired, when you're weary, when you're really out of it, and you, man, that, that confidence that we can still do this comes because you know you've did the hard yards, you've did the hard work. In in uh, guitar speak, we call that the woodshed you know that that's that time that you spend in front of you know a computer playing to the soundtrack or you you go through those scales and you know you've done the hard work then you can have confidence in the fourth quarter you can have confidence going into the game if you've done the hard work if you haven't then you're, you you haven't earned the right to be confident uh, confident proverbs 21 31 says the horse is made ready for the day of battle but victory rests with the lord we've got to get the horse ready for battle if we're going to win on on game day whenever whatever that looks like for you that might be when you're trying to make the big sale when you're trying to b- preach the sermon when you you know you need that confidence uh, in God of course but in yourself you know you have That word in the Hebrew means to be certain, to be firm. You've done what you know you need. You've did the plowing. You've did the planting. And now you can live with a hope and an expectation that God's going to take you over the goal line. Uh, I have this, um, sometimes we can think we're working hard and we're not. You know, Ed Milet talks about the one more rule that if he's trying to do, you know, 10 bench presses in the gym, he does 11. Even if he fails, he goes a little further. That hard work, man, some people don't even understand hard work today. I I was reading um, this one music teacher did this thing about, um, you know, she was talking to violinists and people in orchestras, but she had a lot to say about practice, what we guitar players call the woodshed. And she would say, look, if there's a section that you're struggling with, first of all, don't practice the whole section. Practice the part that you're struggling with and, and then do it until you can play it flawlessly at least 10 times. If you go 5 times and you make a mistake, start at 1 and do it again. If you get to 9 and you make a mistake, go back to 1 until you can play it 10 times flawlessly. That's all about hard work. Confidence grows through the hard work, through prep preparation. Now listen. When I'm talking about um confidence again, I'm not I'm not talking about Cockiness. I'm not talking about being overconfident. I'm talking about first having confidence in the Lord and in your motives. You're trying to serve other people. You're you're trying to uh, fulfill the potential that God has given you. Um, You know, uh, when back to hard work. uh, You know, when I was on staff at a church, the last church that I was on uh, on staff at, we had uh, 30 minutes to preach our sermon. And, that, and we actually ran a timer, okay? We started a timer. Every every pastor did this. If you were preaching, you had a timer on the stage, and that was to give the people hope that you weren't going to preach for an hour. And uh, you know, some churches do that. That's fine. But this church was trying to be streamlined, and so condense it down. So what that required of me is I needed to rehearse my sermons, and I did do that. Now. Um, you know i've i've gained a reputation in some people's eyes anyway of being an okay speaker and and i trust the anointing of the lord i trust the holy spirit to show up but i also realize that i can't trust in that i can't have hope in that i can't wait for that i can't live with expectation if i haven't did my part if i haven't did the hard work and so I would, you know, I get the skeleton of my sermon, like, this is what I'm trying to say. What's the walkaway point? This is the point I'm going to come back to if I lose my place. This is what I'm trying to convey today. I'm not trying to convey the, the totality of Scripture today. This is the point I'm trying to make today. This is what I want people to walk away thinking about, you know, meditating on. And I would get that and, you know, the scriptures that that back it up and get the skeleton of the message, and then I would decorate it with, you know, humor or, you know, uh, video clips or that kind of thing. That'd be secondary. I always thought if the power goes out, if everything else falls apart, I can still preach this sermon. And then I would rehearse the sermon. You know, it's a little difficult without a crowd, but I would put it on a, you know, music stand, and I would go through that sermon with a timer, and and make sure that I didn't have too much sometimes I would I would over prepare just in case you know but but I would condense it that I could do this in 30 minutes and I got pretty skilled at that but again it goes back to preparation rehearsal you know, right now, life on the verge, the plunders. We're in the rehearsal stage. We're we're going to get in front of thousands of inmates this year, and we are preparing. We are rehearsing not just the music part of it. We're rehearsing our our, our setup, our takedown, our equipment. We're drawing up our equipment list. We're preparing the horse for battle, then we can live with expectation that God is going to fulfill his promises. He's going to go before us, and he's going to give us the victory. So let's rehash, and then I'll close with this last one, which is kind of a a redundant. But self-confidence, builder one, self-confidence grows by doing, by doing something, especially on those days when you feel funky, you feel bad, you're in a rut, you still do it. You develop routines and you do it anyway. You drag yourself into whatever your sphere of work is and you do it anyway. Confidence builder two, um, it's grown by vis- visualizing victory by going, rehearsing over the the accomplishments, the things that you have been able to do. It's a little bit about self talk, okay? That this is what I have been able to do. You know, with God's help, of course, is the way that we always look at it as believers. Confidence builder three, it's grown through preparation. You know, you've prepared the horse for battle. You know, you've did the plowing, you've did the planting, you've did the hard work. Now you can have confidence confidence builder four is like again it's kind of redundant but it grows with practice now what i mean by that is that you know for me it's important sometimes uh to kind of back up and look at myself in the mirror and 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 uh and i guess uh, pump up my self-image a little bit you know like okay let me let me hold my shoulders back when i walk Make sure you know. We try that. Okay, this is a practice. Here's some simple practices you can do today. A lot of us, our tendency is to walk around with, in a slump and to look down a lot. Lit, when you're walking in public, hold your shoulders back a little bit, put your chest out a little bit, have a little bit of a confidence. I'm not talking about walking around like a like a bodybuilder. I see guys in the gym that are that are walking around. You can tell they're just flexing. You know, they're they're, they're they've got a uh, an unhealthy uh, self-confidence, but uh, I'm just talking about having a little bit of con- who you are. I-, I I am made in God's image. I have a purpose in life. And then when you when you go to the grocery store, or you you know you go to the gas station, or you have an opportunity to talk to somebody. Don't be weird about it. You know, tell dad jokes. But but it's okay to look people in the eye and say, "Hey, have a great day." Hey, thanks so much. Even if they're in the slum, see yourself. As, as the catalyst to make somebody's day. Hey, man, I really like that. That's a, that's, that's a cool necklace. Whatever. Look for opportunities to assert yourself a little bit. And and I think that kind of practice, shake a hand, you know, a firm handshake. And those are things that I have to keep going back to. I'm, I'm telling myself that today because we leak confidence big time. And, and those little things – can build our confidence for the bigger things. I know it sounds cheesy, but it's very, very true, okay? When you make that, make that phone call today. Maybe you're feeling down and out, and you don't feel like making that phone call, but you know it needs to be done. Make that phone call and be ready, and say, hey, man, and be ready to say something positive. See yourself as the encourager. It is amazing how that changes our mood. There's probably some chemical, neurological thing that happens. I'm not sure. But uh, see yourself that way. Realize who you are in Christ and assert yourself a little bit today, even in those small things. All right, I hope that helped a little bit, and uh, I'm going into today, and I've got a meeting with a, a great, great friend, pastor friend of mine, and uh, he is so good at what he does, and he has done so much with his his ministry over the 30 years that I've known him. I sometimes walk into those meetings kind of intimidating with this attitude of like, gosh, what have I done compared to what this guy's done? Oh, how dangerous that is. No, it's what have I done with what God has given me? It's about what have I accomplished with what God has given me? My biggest competition is not against anybody else. It's against myself and fulfilling my potential. So I'm kind of preparing my mind to say, you know what? I, I, I'm valid. I have a calling. I have a purpose. No matter who who this uh, what this person I'm meeting uh, has accomplished, I, I I'm gonna go OT just for about one minute. But I mentioned before meeting Joel Osteen. Oh, here's a guy. I mean, you may like him. You may not like him. Um, but one thing's for certain, he's definitely a person of influence. And I was in this meeting at uh at a hotel with a bunch of mega church leaders. I got invited because I was on staff at a mega church. And uh, I was really like small beans in this room. You know, I was pastoring a congregation of 100, 150 people. These guys were pastoring churches of thousands, you know, and I was just on staff of one of those churches. And, uh, and I made up my mind. I was standing at the doorway where he would walk through, and I said, if I see him, I'm going to shake his hand. I'm gonna, I'm going to ask him a question and i was and i did he walked through the door and i wasn't sure what to expect like who am i well i was going to assert myself and i confidently reached out my hand and, and with the attitude like i have as much right to be in this room as anybody else. God has called me for a purpose. I'm fulfilling that purpose. And and uh you know, you have a different purpose and you're fulfilling your purpose. And and that's cool. So I shook his hand, I held my shoulders back, I looked him right in the eye. I said, "Man, it's great to meet you. Hey, let me ask you a question. You know, that church your dad started started in a tiny little feed store with a small group of people. Now it's grown into this mega church of tens of thousands. What were some of the things that he really paid attention to in the early days that brought about that growth? And Joel Osteen spent literally it felt like five solid minutes looking me in the eye. The most conversational guy, he didn't look around the room to try to talk to other, think about who else he could be talking with. I told him I was a church planner of a small congregation. He gave me his total, undivided attention. And never talk to anyone else. After he let go, after he walked away from me, he went straight to the platform. And I felt, man, my confidence was grown through that. So I just again encourage you today to assert yourself. You have every right to be where God has placed you because he placed you there. Now assert yourself in that position and walk with confidence today. In Jesus' name. Bless you guys. Have a day. I want to remind you that we're a completely donor-funded ministry. You can learn more about Life on the Verge at lifeontheverge.com. You can hear more of our music at theplunders.com or on any streaming service.